candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. Put it down with me. I'm Alina. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie, brought to you by the Liza Minnelli Fan Club. Definitely. We are a Riverdale recap podcast coming back at you again over a short hiatus to talk about Chapter 44, No Exit, by Arabella Aronson, directed by Jeff Hunt. It was, indeed. So, I guess we should dive into this long-awaited episode. This long, long-awaited episode. These poor, long-neglected fans. For for more than a month. Yeah. For a month and four days, people have been wondering what is happening with this quarantine. What's going to happen when Riverdale is locked down? And guess what? We don't get a freaking no! We don't know! We're not allowed to know! Fuck this episode! We're skipping two minutes ahead. Because, yeah. The actual beginning is Jughead, of course, narrating about where Archie has wound up first of all. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is like Luke Skywalker on Dagobah in self-exile in the Canadian hinterlands. Hey, 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 guess what? What? What does Yoda's sheep say? I don't know. What do Yoda's sheep say? Dagobah! Good night, folks. Uh, you can follow us on social media. Give us a rating you know on iTunes. That joke was better than this whole episode. <laughs> I don't think that's fair. <laughs> what? Also, that's one of my favorite jokes. Yeah, you're, you're also wrong. It's a bad joke. <laughs> I love that joke. But yeah, he, he's gotten himself a job working for the Canadian National Park Service. Which doing... I didn't know you could do if you weren't a Canadian citizen. Ah, uh, they're chill. Okay. Uh, it just seems like, I don't know. They'd want, like, immigration paperwork <laughs> for a national organization For, a, for thing. a government job. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. Uh, yeah, so he, he's, like, clearing trails and uh, radioing in about stuff. About stuff. Living in a cabin in the woods. Uh, Cheryl and Tony have also been getting up to, to new things. They are uh, cat burglars, including little kitty cat masks. And that's it. They, they're they really not worried about anyone knowing who they are, because all they wear is a little kitty cat mask, hey, and that's they, they that hides gloves. their identity. They have gloves. Yeah, and they're leaving their hair everywhere. <laughs> DNA evidence is left behind. They're conspicuously colored hair. It's them and Archie are the most hair identifiable people in all of Riverdale. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're stealing from the rich. And giving to themselves, because Cheryl did not pay attention in class. But, you know, they had some nice I love you moments. Mm-hmm, they got real I... smoochy. Uh, imagine if, uh, uh, Scrooge McDuck, instead of, uh, uh, swimming, fucked. Yeah. Basically. Uh, yeah, and so we learn all that, and then they're like... But, you know, back in the town, the quarantine's been lifted and we're back what? to life. And I'm like, fuck y'all! Two what? minutes! Two minutes into the episode. By the way, Neener Neener doesn't count. His big play. It didn't get played. The, that was supposed to be the, 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 the final score or the, the final move toward the score. Apparently they were under quarantine for a while, but none of that matters. I wanted, like, freaking 
28 days later shit happening. Yeah, it was supposed to be a, like Mad Max. It was supposed to be the fucking Thunderdome in there. Yeah, Waterworld. Like, come on. <laughs> Anything that's post-apocalyptic, I suppose. Freaking Hunger Games, let's go. Why not? Why not? We all gotta, like, kill each other with bow and arrows you've on al- the football field. Great. You've already got an expert archer. What is this shit? <laughs> this is almost Joaquin level of upsetness. I mean, that was the And was you know what? We still don't address Joaquin. That was so- the foreshock, and, and here's the, the big hit, yeah. The episode is even called No Exit. In this town that you can now enter and exit freely. Did they get their scripts confused? <laughs> Did they air the wrong episode? And in like no one is, five is stopped weeks? from exiting at all. How did Jughead and FP get into town? Oh, they just did. How long were they kept out? I uh, don't know. Long enough for the lab results to come in and, and say that there is no uh, pathogen for the seizures. Long enough that also that they could put in rules about, like, no touching in school. That and making ROTC dudes enforce it. And Cheryl calls them uh, uh, crypto-fascists, which is good. I support her in this. Yes. I don't understand. I, what's the point of it? It was such a really cool ending, and... Shit was gonna go down. And you know what? Apparently all we got was some weird rules. Is this gonna be covered in the Riverdale Season 3 comic? Is this gonna be covered in the the upcoming YA novels for Scholastic Book Fairs? I don't know. What's the freaking point of everything? (laughs) You know what? There's not one. There's not a point. There's no point. So... Let's just continue on, I guess, and go to the speakeasy. Yes. Where where Reggie continues to love plaid and bow ties. He's, yes. He's got his look and he's sticking to it. And and in the speakeasy, life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we encounter... It is, it is Le Bon Nuit. Well, we encounter some cabaret singing. Yeah. Like uh, actual cabaret the musical. Josie is singing Life is a Cabaret. Yep. While Reggie is giving a rundown of the day's business, they're they're selling out of their supply. The kegs are empty. Like, hold up. What kegs? Is not Le Bon Nuit a dry club? I guess not since, like, she did that shady business. It was even dry during the casino. They talked about it in that episode. Oh, fuck. That's something else that changed while we weren't there. Root beer kegs. Okay, okay. The kegs of Mountain Dew. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah uh they're they're making money hand over fist Le bon Nuit is, is apparently only uh, uh gotten stronger in the wake of the the quarantine why why has it i don't know is is it because they did the thing that i was expecting to see it it's, it's a lawless uh uh eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we may die thing and then like people learn to like it there <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, no idea. So Betty's at home mm-hmm. snuggling with Jughead yeah. in bed. Getting some snughead. And then she uh, wakes up to screaming. And uh, the, our Christmas elf, uh, she has a name now. Her name Hannah. is Hannah. Uh, is is having night terrors, dreaming of the Gargoyle King. And all, apparently all of the children from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy have just been camping out in <laughs> Betty's living room. They've just been having slumber parties over all these weeks, I guess. I don't know how long. Also, they haven't given these children any other clothes. <laughs> <laughs> They're all wearing the same... <laughs> Things they left in, 
and I'm like, these are some smelly kids. No, no, no. They they do their laundry regularly, and laundry day is nudist day. <laughs> Apparently. They have a rotation. They all trade clothes every day, so they're still, like, changing clothes. And when you wind up with your clothes again, they all go in the wash, and we, we go skinny dipping. Uh-huh. Yes. Couldn't you share, Betty? <laughs> some of... Hannah looks like her size. It's It's something. Go to Target. Is there not a thrift shop in Riverdale? Raid the stuff left over from Chick. Is there a legitimate charity in town? No, there's there's no, no legitimate charity in this town. That's a silly question I asked. Uh, so, of course, like, well, she's comforting the children. Mm-hmm. They're like, can we play? Can we play around, Betty? It, it really helps them to play G&G. And as she caves and gives in and goes into the, the box, she finds a packet of fizzle rocks. She's all like, whose are these? And I'm like, what idiot is hiding their drugs in the main place you're going to go look at something that everyone <laughs> likes? That's like putting your drugs in the front of the fridge. Yeah. Like, look at my cocaine. It's right here. <laughs> Help yourself. I do prefer my cocaine chilled, personally. <laughs> you know? It goes down smoother. Let me hide it with the extra toilet paper. No one's ever going to find that. <laughs> you know what? Someone is going to find your meth. Because mm-hmm. eventually that toilet paper is going to roll out. Run out. I think toilet paper might be a transformer. It's okay. Uh, so we find out that these drugs belong to Tyler. <gasps> one of the boys that escaped. Who has not like had any interaction ever before now. Well, it's the first time we're getting speaking lines from one of the boys held. Yes. Unless he counts Svensson, I guess. But I don't. Of course she's all like, where'd you get it? He bought it from a serpent boy. Yes, so of course she has to go, but he has to go tell Jughead. And, and Jughead blames himself, of course. He was neglectful, so busy watching Archie that the the serpents have gone wild in his absence. And that he never should have left because Hiram made his play and got the town. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how? How? What did he do? Because well, that- it seems like you're all fine. Yeah, but he, not. He but got what? the town through the the quarantine, and then it ended. But he still has the town. I don't understand how he has the town in any different situation than he did before the quarantine. It kind of seems like he has it exactly the same way. I'm like, what was the point of the quarantine? Yeah, what is what, 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 what is that outcome? Consolidate in the meantime. Because you know what? That was a wasted step. You need to streamline your production, dude. <laughs> Wasting resources. But we, we get uh, the rest of the, which, the catch-up in this conversation. I do like that Jughead does question, why would he want co- to quarantine? <laughs> Jughead doesn't even know. No. He doesn't even know why that was a thing. So, like, I at this point, I have no hope of holding out for anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if I did, I'd be like, well, maybe they'll explain eventually. Because Jughead's still curious, so maybe. But you know what? It's been a rough time. Our expectations have been cratered just by the the opening scenes of this episode. Yeah. It's a betrayal. They have a lot of mending of our relationship to do. (laughs) Which will probably happen off screen, and then a character will tell us that they fixed the relationship with us. And five weeks go by. (laughs) You know, I was just having a conversation with someone recently, because they're like, do you watch Downton Abbey? And I was like, no, I gave up on that shit when they kept fast-forwarding just so they could kill people. (laughs) This is getting just as bad. (laughs) 
but the best character is the incredibly old woman who will never ever die. Well, it's Maggie Smith and Nana Rose. See oh, commonalities, yeah, yeah. connections. Uh, so we find out that Betty's been uh, working with ex-mayor, now still attorney McCoy, to mm-hmm. rat out Hiram with the nuns. They're, they're trying to put pressure on the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, dangling deals in front of them uh, in exchange for uh, their, their testimony that, yes, he was giving us illegal drugs and we were testing them on the children. But also in this scene, Jughead uh, goes back to something that I was very happy to hear, that they have not yet elected a sheriff. Mm-hmm. Final confirmation that, yes, in this jurisdiction, sheriff is an elected position. And all of those things in the first two seasons made no sense, as I say. Yeah. You might not have follow through, but I will take the vindication. Thank you very much. So, yeah, Archie's in his cabin doing some radio calls to someone named KDK-1. He's calling KDK-1. He is KDK-12. That's his radio call sign. Radio call sign. I missed what his was. Yeah. He gets warned about bears. There's bears in them woods. Bear sightings. Uh, Meanwhile, Reggie is driving a truck through the woods, and he uh, hits some spikes, and his tires go flat. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he gets beat up by some dudes in gargoyle masks. Demanding their their full share. Because Veronica Lodge hasn't paid up. And so he gets very beaten up. We find out that he, he was doing a beer run across the border for more root beer? <laughs> no, I, I guess I regular beer now. That, yeah, they're getting regular beer now. He's doing beer runs to Canada in this scene. Uh, I wasn't sure it was actually Canada. I was thinking it was just outside the town limits. <laughs> that border? The town border? Yes, because he's like, I'm going over the border. I keep going a different way. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't keep going 50 bajillion different ways to Canada. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's just either going over the town border or the county border. Ah, it could be. He's, he's going to New Hampshire uh, over a lot of different roads. But in, in this scene, we also find out what, what that payment was. Veronica has struck a deal with her father, uh, who's uh, exercising sort of a protection racket. Uh, he's been demanding 10%, and she is trying to uh, promise him that, but only give him five by cooking the books. They are talking about children doing some sort of border crossing for alcohol and illegal bookkeeping practices in a scene where Pop Tate is in the background mopping up the bar. Pop Tate must just put in some <laughs> headphones and go, la di da di da di do I don't know what's going on because yeah. I don't want to be incriminated. He's He listens to a lot of true crime podcasts to find out about other small towns that are less fucked up than his. Yeah. So Archie is uh, walking through the woods with Vegas, and he sees some hikers who he avoids. Then he comes across some very big tracks. Gigantic footprints. He will find the great skunk ape of Quebec. And then he hears a noise, and he turns around. Yeah, he, he does sort of like a West Side Story pivot while crouching. Yes. Pivot into a crouch. It's like a whoa. It's yeah, very good. if only people could see what we just did in unison at the same time while sitting. It was great. You can imagine. Just just look at the, the gif of the, the Archie crouch pivot. Uh-huh, and go, wow. Archie, then we cut to him coming into the cabin 
covered in blood. Just gushing blood. And and he radios out that he was attacked by a bear. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how how is it? And he's like, it's bad. I got attacked <laughs> by a bear, you motherfuckers. <laughs> so like this whole... At this point, I was so checked out because of everything that happened earlier. We've we've had three scenes before the opening credits where characters just talk to camera about what we should have seen over the two to three episodes that feel skipped. Mm -hmm. And then we don't even see the bear attack. Because we cut to a commercial and then we come back and he's been attacked by a bear. And like, this is the most excusable instance, right? I I get that it's, it's very hard to make a convincing... Grizzly bear attack without killing KJ Appa himself. Like, for this one, I get it, but it's sort of a final straw situation. Yeah. So then the radio cuts out, and he's all like, okay, I gotta, like, clean my bear wounds. So he rips off his shirt. (laughs) So we see... Giant claw slashes all across his his torso. Three inches wide. (laughs) torso arm and so then he like he's been shredded to ribbons and all i'm thinking is there's no way you would be moving this much at all (laughs) you would have bled out and been dead on the wood floor but sure let's reach for our first aid kit and open a bottle and pour he's what he's got a bottle of of disinfectant uh, uh, of some kind or iodine and is pouring it all over his body like like a like it's a bottle vodka that it's like <laughs> let's party up at the beach ladies i was gonna say a bottle of water at a, at a marathon just like ah. yeah and like well having like a, a towel in his mouth so to, he doesn't to bite scream. down on and i'm like i'm pretty sure that disinfectant is not stinging right now <laughs> and and he's trying to mummy himself up in what gauze he can find and the whole time they <laughs> Vegas is here in this cabin loving this. Vegas is like, hey, hey, Archie, you gonna die? Vegas. Finally gonna die? I'm so excited about this. Vegas has this adorable, like, golden retriever grin. He's just so happy. Are are you gonna throw your bloody gauze for me? Like a ball? Archie, Archie, can I eat you? Can I eat you soon? You look so tasty, Archie. I'm so excited. It's okay if you die. You'll be my dinner for three days. (laughs) The entire time, this dog just looks like it's living its best life watching Archie bleed to death. Vegas' internal monologue is just chanting freedom, freedom, freedom. Oh, good. I can finally go home to a real house with heat and kibble and an owner that's not an idiot. Vegas knows the way back to uh, uh, Riverdale to to find Fred again, but he also knows it won't make like the, the national news homeward bound style if he doesn't have a good reason to leave. So he's he's working on that. He's working on it, yeah. He wants to go all like lassy and be like, Oh, I just didn't make it in time. <laughs> Sorry, Fred. Let's go home. I'll take Archie's room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kinda love this idea that like <laughs> Vegas just really wants Archie out of his life. So he can get his own bedroom. (laughs) Vegas got Archie some fake Canadian citizenship papers so he could get the most dangerous job (laughs) that Vegas could find for him. It was was either this or or logging. Or logging. Back at the Coopers, 
Alice is arguing with Betty that they just don't have the resources to shelter all these children. And I was like, well, it did look like there was a hundred (laughs) children. I really don't think you are sheltering all of them, but okay. Well, half of them died when they fell off the roof of the station wagon (laughs) that night. Well, I was like, how did you get them all home? They, um, they tied a few to the back and dragged them there, like like the bad guys in a Lone Ranger <laughs> cereal. So Alice is all like, but the farm, the farm has the resources. And, and Betty's just like, no, they imprinted on me. I'm their griffin queen. <laughs> and they're, they're just a bunch of baby ducks. <laughs> just quack, 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 quack. <laughs> She's like, well, fine. If they imprint it on you, they're your responsibility. Whatever. Now I want to see the the scene where they go thrifting because it'll look like Madeline with them all following her in pairs. Uh huh. <laughs> or, or they they uh, cross the street and it looks like the Abbey Road cover. Yeah. <laughs> Betty meets with Attorney McCoy. Who's all like, well, you know, even though they they abused children and tested drugs on them, it's not looking good. <laughs> the, she tells how she offered them immunity if they testify. And so now we know that Attorney McCoy, over the course of the these few missing episodes, has become a prosecutor. Apparently. Is now like state's attorney for Riverdale. Uh, and when we find out that the sisters have taken a vow of silence... And Betty's like, well, I can talk. She's like, no, you are on drugs. You yeah. can't testify. Her her testimony is, is really, really suspect and probably would not stand up well in front of a jury. That makes sense. But you also have, like, the testimony of, like, I don't know, a hundred kids. Which, yeah, have we're all on drugs. Those but kids? They're still on drugs. But I'm like, I, wouldn't it be good to see how messed up they came out of there? And continue to be. Like, in, in the, the first scene where they appeared, I was just thinking, wow, these, these still seem really indoctrinated if it was all the results of the drugs. And then, like, oh, they, they're still doing the drugs. Okay. Yeah. I guess. Uh, so Veronica is meeting with Hiram, and she's all like, I need your protection. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna do this. And he's like, okay, so 15%. Well, no, business is bad, 5%. They negotiate back up to da, the da, 10 da. that I thought it already was 10. Yeah, I thought that's what we agreed to, but sure. He's like, well, I want to see your books. And, and while he's looking at that, Josie starts singing. Josie has been singing quietly the whole time. but Now but they, louder. They turn her up in the mix over the course of this scene. As, as you realize she's singing maybe this time from Cabaret. They just love cabaret this week. I mean, I love Who cabaret. Who doesn't love cabaret? Cabaret's the best. Fucking love it. If you, if you are not familiar with cabaret, you should be. Yeah. And you you can go the Liza Minnelli route. Mm. Or you can go the Alan Cumming route. Mm-hmm. Both they, good choices. They did not play the same character, just, just to, no. <laughs> to be clear. But like the iconic people that, yeah, yeah. that made it what it was. But well, the, I mean, and the one, the one in the Liza Minnelli, um, I forgot his name, that played the, the MC. MC. Yeah. I forgot his name, but, but he's amazing as well. That film was directed by Bob Fosse, of course. Well, yeah. Uh, the, the legendary choreographer and one of his few film, one of the few films he directed, but they are all incredible. He's, he's an amazing talent. You should watch Cabaret. You should watch Cabaret. You should. 
You should experience it. Cabaret is ridiculously culturally relevant, and I hate that. But it's true. The end. The end of Cabaret. The end of Cabaret. Oh, it's so hard. But uh, uh, <laughs> the, the reason this is significant, not just because it's a great musical that we love, uh, it is because uh, uh, the scene ends and cuts to commercial uh, as Hiram ha- has made the deal that he wants and, and he turns in profile with a sly grin as Josie's belting, maybe this time I'll win. But with a lot of extra emphasis on I'll win. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's very good. It's a very good music cue. Uh, so meanwhile, the serpents are having a meeting. Big, big old meeting in the, uh, the tent city remains of the trailer park. Uh, Jug sitting in his... His easy chair throne. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, okay, we're going clean. <laughs> I'm not going to sell drugs. Or we're, do drugs. We're not going to do drugs. He says they will do no crime of any kind. None. No this, jaywalking. <laughs> this gang... This crime gang of of filthy bikers who, when they were introduced as characters, beat people half to death with no compunction, no hesitation. They, no crime. They are basically a canasta society. Stop giving underage people tattoos. <laughs> it's true. I think Archie would have needed a note from his dad. Yes. <laughs> Cheryl's all like, what the hell? <laughs> What is what is this shit? You were gone. Why are you lecturing us? And they're all like, how are we going to survive? We yeah. have no money. The thing about crime is you make money with it. And FP's like, we'll figure it out and get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come up with a money plan. The only... You know what? You could open a second restaurant, FP. Yeah. Remember when you had a job <laughs> at the end of the last season? Oh. Remember that? Maybe he just didn't accept the offer. Yeah. I don't know. He only booked one act and it was Josie. Yeah. And it was after Veronica already booked her. Yeah. So it doesn't count. He got yeah. no commission. Uh, Josie goes home. There's a gargoyle dude waiting. Mm-hmm. And she, she runs into her house before he can get at her. Slams the door, locks it. He's banging on it. But she's very spooked and rightfully so. She calls Veronica, who comes over, and is all like, it's from your father's gang. Figure it out, or I'm not singing anymore. Meanwhile, Betty comes home to find uh, Eve- Evelyn and Polly. They're basically proselytizing. They, they're uh, talking about the benefits of the farm and how they'll be safe and, and how the farm protected Polly after she escaped the sisters. And then they shoot all the kids with a t-shirt cannon. Yep. You know, and Betty's like, well, they're safe here. They'll be protected here. And they're like, how will they be safe here when there's fizzle rocks and all these chemicals? Well, I don't know how they keep the drugs keep getting here. And like, well, we know because they told us because they trust us. And it was fangs. Mm -hmm. Which is not surprising. No, not surprising. Fangs would probably be my first guess. I would have guessed fangs and sweet pea together. Uh, If it was muggings, I'd guess sweet pea. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Jug and FP meet with Fangs and are Mm -hmm. very upset because he could have talked to them. Mm -hmm. He could have told them. They demand to know why he was selling drugs. And he tells them, because if you sell drugs, you get money. You idiot. And when you have a sick mother who needs treatment, you need money. He's got a sob story about not being able to afford his mother's medical bills, which is why 
Medicare for all is, is the best path forward for America. We will get fizzle rocks off the street with universal health care. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, of course, he got it from the gargoyle gang. Jughead's all like, well, you knew the rules were, were any crime of any kind. It's exile. But I'll give you one more chance. Right. Fang, Fang's blasting with the puppy eyes and, and he gets uh, his one strike, I guess. Then we uh, catch up with Cheryl and Tony, who are breaking in to the lodge home. The Pembroke. And uh, they're stealing the uh, Glamourge egg. Worth more than the GDP of a developing nation, says Cheryl Blossom. And uh, they're ready to go. But mm-hmm. then Cheryl's like, oh, I, 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 I see something I want to do. And she looks at Hiram's portrait that now hangs above his desk. And I'm thinking she's going to steal it. Mm-hmm. Which would have made more sense, because I'm sure she could have pawned off that frame for a lot of money. <laughs> but no, no. She she does something that we will see later. Yes. But I'm concerned, I'm confused about uh, her steal from the rich, give to us thing. Cheryl is the second richest person in this town. Yeah. I don't know why she needs this shit. Maybe Reggie, if the, the car lot, if his dad's car lot is really bumping. But, like, she has the most ostentatious wealth of anyone in town. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you stealing from? It'd be much better if she was stealing she's j- and pawning the shit for stuff. She's just breaking into the Pembroke every single night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, meanwhile, back in uh, the cabin where Archie's bleeding to death, mm-hmm. uh, he wakes up, kind of. Kinda. And sees Cassidy and the other dead dudes from the... The, the townies from their uh, uh, cabin getaway back in yes. season two. Like that are all dead now one way or another. Bullets in their heads and whatnot. Because nobody, and I mean nobody, approaches death without a good hallucination or two. Yeah, and they're like, hey, it's time to play, Archie. <laughs> they have their G&G set up uh, and they're inviting him to play and they get him to agree to just one round designer note griffins and gargoyles is played in rounds uh so of course archie's all like you're not here you're dead this is the blood loss and they're like no we are real <laughs> and they're like if you want to get back to elder Vare, you gotta play pay no attention to the massive exit wound behind my skull so meanwhile back in riverdale betty is talking to Miss Wise, who I believe was Jughead so, uh, social worker. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. So she's been working with child services to try to find placements for all the kids. And, and Betty fills her in on how the sisters have taken a vow of silence and mm-hmm. how, you know, that's a thing that they do in their church. And I was like, I'm pretty sure everyone knows what a vow of silence is, Betty, but sure. Sure, sure. Also, most people call it pleading the fifth. Yeah. Like, you, you have a right to remain silent. <laughs> Uh, and so the social worker's like, hey, I should tell you something about them. Bum, bum, bum. We'll find out more about that later. So Veronica and Hiram have a meeting. Mm-hmm. And it's all, you know, Josie was attacked. Well, stop cooking your books and I'll leave your friends alone. And <laughs> What an amateur move. What is this, you, you chump? I raised you better than that. Also, like, I want my egg. <laughs> and you need to tell your friends to get it back. And you're like, well, how do you know it's my friends? Well, judging by Cheryl's calling card, or judging by the calling card on the picture, it was Cheryl Blossom. Because Cheryl Blossom, you know what she did? She kissed the portrait and left a big red lipstick stain. 
hearkening back to that that famous Cheryl Blossom line, uh, uh, good morning, Mr. Andrews, you're looking particularly dilfy today. Yeah. She's into the hot dads of Riverdale. Yeah. So Veronica goes to Jughead about Cheryl and what happened. He finds out that you know she's she's paying her father protection money. He's like, well, what if you paid the serpents instead? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we protected you, and then we'd all have jobs. Yeah, and and in this arrangement, they seem more like legitimate, like security hired muscle and less like extortion yes because they aren't trying to attack her it's not pay me money and we will not attack you it's pay us money and we will make sure no one attacks you Mm -hmm. in three weeks jughead will turn the serpents into a legitimate insurance broker (laughs) they will sell life insurance they'll be doing uh, a fire uh, yeah. policies, flood, yeah. uh, all sorts of uh, extra coverage that may not come with your, your normal uh, home insurance, car insurance, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so back in, in the cabin in the woods, mm-hmm. uh, Archie is playing the game with the dead dudes. <laughs> and then suddenly, uh, so he gets a card because uh, he has to do his first move mm-hmm. and it, it sends him to Pops. He where... has to face the hooded specter of death. And as he walks out the the door of the cabin in order to undertake this quest, he is sort of zapped portal ways into the diner the day that the Black Hood appeared. And he, he's there watching his dad almost get shot, but he charges the hood. Rather than the, the hesitation, we know he actually did. He, he runs and tackles. And from outside, we hear the same gunshot, but we know... The, the order of events was different. Yes. And so he, then he comes back through the door to the cabin holding the hood. And he's like, I did it. But now the the dudes aren't there. And it's Warden Norton. Oh, I love Warden Norton. He's back at his like camp horror that, that he died at. Yeah. The, the Warden Norton that I, I hold dear to my heart. <laughs> so happy to have him back. And he's all like, what are you doing here? You died. And he's like, I didn't die. I ascended. Bright blue lips, of course. Of course, Joaquin is mentioned, but I don't know why, because apparently no one cares about Joaquin in the show. They, they care about him procedurally. They, they care about him as a clue, as it relates to things that matter. Fuck you. Fuck that shit. It's got to, like, you know... Do a thing. Yes. To do a thing. The the reason he's playing this game, going along with these hallucinations, is because they all assure him it's the only way to get through. It's the only way to, to go where he needs to go. With these first two, they're they're very vague and general about where exactly that is. But, you know, Archie's not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> he's busy lying there dying. It's It's not like he has much else to do with his day. Uh, so Betty is with McCoy and they are visiting the sisters Mm -hmm. and they're like, so what we found out is that the church disbanded the sisters during Vatican II. The sequel to Vatican. And, uh, none of you have been nuns for 60 years. (laughs) A lot of them look like they haven't been alive for 60 years. Yeah, I'm a little confused about that. What's the youngest you can be a nun? I don't know, but let's say 18, right? That means for any of them to have actually been a Catholic nun, they would have to be minimum 78. Yeah, I mean, I think nowadays it's 18. I think before it used to be you could become a, what do they call it? A, you, you could be a Maria. 
Von yeah, Trapp. Like at like 16 or something. Okay. Um, it's all musicals, folks. That's my entire frame of reference. <laughs> well, I was. It's all musicals. Postulant. You could, and, uh, you could have uh, pestilence. Levitiate? What? What is it? Initiate? No. No. no novitiate? Novice? No, maybe, yeah, novitiate. A novice? Yeah. I know that's from uh, The Trouble with Angels and Where Angels Go, Trouble Follows. <laughs> my two, two of my favorite nun movies. Only one of which has Haley Mills. Yeah. But both have some great actresses that often played nuns. One has Gypsy Rose Lee. Yes. So that's something. But I sure know a lot about nuns. <laughs> you, were, you were born Catholic. Yeah, but like... And that's not the reason why. <laughs> that's not the reason why. <laughs> Watch a lot of nun movies. I have like no five nun movies, I think. Now, how much did you learn about nun nunning in the 90s from that hit uh, instructional series of videos, Nunning in the 90s, uh, better known as Sister Act and Sister Act 2? You know, I only saw those like once or twice. Uh, Sister Act 2 is great. The the musical performances and like the choir competition. Yeah. Oh, so good. I, I was all about the trouble with angels where angels go, trouble follows. Mm-hmm. Uh, also like lilies of the field. I love that. There was a um, Audrey Hepburn nun movie I watched too. I don't remember what it was called. Now, how many of these nuns actually fly? I know about the one, but I think that was fictional. And of course, Sound of Music. What other nun movies do we got? Nonsense. The eight other nonsense musicals. Oh, there are a freaking lot of those. What happened, America? Why is there so much nonsense? I don't know. Why is there? It's bizarre. (laughs) So strange. Your dinner theaters couldn't get by with just, just doing Fiddler on the Roof again? No. Ugh. Uh, Back to the scene in the television program, Riverdale. They're, they're uh, uh, presenting this, and uh, the the nun, our, our head nun, our face nun, the representative for all the other yeah, sisters. Yeah, I don't remember what her name is. Uh, she, she crumbles in the face of the truth. And, like, why, though? Because you don't need to be a registered member of the Catholic Church in order to have uh, a deeply held a religious conviction which is like the test that is the standard by the court. And you don't need that to not testify. You can just not testify. It's entirely within your right. Darling. I know you don't have answers, but I want them from someone. I'm all out. I don't, I don't, I I, I don't have anything. So yeah, they agree that they'll do it. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's it <laughs> this episode really took it out of you they agree that they'll do it pause we're, we're out of practice we're getting back on that horse this episode it's about to get good it is it does it picks up it really picks, it picks up, up. it, it was... starts on such a sour note it starts on, on a sour symphony 45 minutes because this we are getting to the last like 15, 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> the first 45 minutes were forever. <laughs> we're having a meeting of the serpents now. Mm-hmm. And and Jughead lets Jeez. the serpents know about the gig. They're the so happy to have legitimate like, employees. Yeah, jobs. Are we getting health insurance? No. Oh, well, it's still good. All right. So universal health care, jobs guarantee, 
is Veronica promising a $15 minimum wage? Let's go. Let's do this. Time off? Benefits? Yeah. I want, maternity to paternity leave? I want a leave? full Come family on. leave policy. Uh, I would like uh, any person that is possibly a partner or uh, dependent, even if not blood related, to be included on the insurance policy. 80% or more estate tax on all estates valued over half a million dollars. Let's go. What's the problem? It's an inheritance. They didn't work for it. After they celebrate, he's all like, Cheryl, Tony, you need to come up here. You broke in to the lodges. You left your calling card. You broke the no crime law. And you tied it all back to us. You're out. Give me your jackets. You broke the code. Uh, Cheryl is is trying to, to keep her jacket because it's baller. And... Tony is, of course, offended because she is serpent by blood. Like, she is, she's more serpent than any of them. Yes. If, if there's any inheritance to it, which is new to me, frankly. I mean, she was raised inside it, but I thought it was all about the code and the trials. Yeah. And sometimes the pole dancing. I'm very confused on what it takes to be a serpent. It seems to change. It changes all the time. And this is why it shouldn't change, because if Cheryl had to go through the gauntlet and have guardianship of the beast, maybe she wouldn't have fucked up like this, huh? Huh? Maybe. Hmm. So well, then she's all like, well, you you gave Fangs a pass, and I know that because Fangs told Sweet Pea and Sweet Pea told me. Which does convince Jughead. He demands uh, Fangs' jacket, and after a tense moment, Fangs goes for it. Sweet Pea is fucked up over this. Yes. Also, uh, maybe he shouldn't run his damn mouth then. Yeah, shut your mouth, sweet pea. <laughs> Fangs leaves and, and Jughead's all like, okay, Cheryl, you need to give me the egg. And she's like, why the hell would I do that? I'm not a serpent anymore. <laughs> and he's like, well, the rest of us are living out here and it's getting fucking cold and you can go back to your McMansion. He did really get the order of operations wrong, though. <laughs> I, egg first. <laughs> Then jackets. <laughs> that was a tactical error on his part, and he does uh, make make a, a appeal to her her honor, her uh, sense of what's right, and is successful against all odds. Which I, I think is a character moment for Cheryl. I think yes. that is good. Like this, being part of this community, even though she's just been cast from it not five minutes before, she's she still cares for them. Yes. More than she cares for having her, her fancy, gaudy, awful trophy. Yes. Of recreational thievery. Uh, so so back at the Coopers, uh, we find out that Tyler got beat up. Fucking Tyler. And he saw the Gargoyle King in Fox Forest. Which has got all of the little ducklings. <gasps> They're on edge because because Betty promised the Griffin Queen promised that he was dead. They had nothing to fear. Uh, so meanwhile, in the cabin, Archie's with Warden Norton, who's all like, God, pick your quest card. And the card says, kill the Gargoyle King. And he's like, are you sure? Read it again. And it says, kill the man in black. Ba -ba -bum. And so Archie does another thing where he gets up and he goes through the door. And, and now he's in the lodge's... Hiram's office. Where they had all of their bro scenes. Yeah, and so they have another bro scene. We're, we're back in time at the final bro scene uh, when, when Archie says he's going to turn on him and he slams the knife. He's got that knife back. Yes. And they're, they're talking about 
how stupid Archie was to do that all those chapters ago. Yes. And I was like, you should have killed me. And you shouldn't have said all those things. And what are you going to do now? You're going to kill me? You're not mad enough to kill me. And then we see in the shadows that he just... It's a really good stab all done in in shadow shadow silhouette. It's It's very good. good. One thing I want to point out, though, is uh, in, in the study... If, if we were to just go back in time, it would have been the big Veronica portrait on the yeah. wall. If we were to go oh, yeah. there now, it would be the big Hiram portrait. Yes. But in this hallucination, it is a big portrait the in the same King. style of the Gargoyle yeah, King. Yeah, that's good. At the end of the previous episode, it did greatly appear that Hiram and the Gargoyle King were partners and not one and the same. Yeah. In this hallucination, they, they seem to be very much two names for the same man. Yeah. Are we to assume that that is the fact or just that that is what Archie believes because he's been out of town for a while? Yeah. And just isn't up on the news? Good question. (laughs) So he goes back to the cabin and now it's Betty and Jughead and Veronica and saying they have to play one last round. And I love, 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 love. Love the costume choices the, in this. I was hoping that's what you would say. I was hoping have, that was the sentence. Betty in her pink dance dress. Yes. It was like her her homecoming yeah. like first episode yeah. dress. Yeah. Yes. And you have Veronica in, in in her riding cape, also from the first episode when she first goes to Pops. Uh-huh. With yes. the pearls. And you have Jughead in his uh standard S. One uh, like his, shirt. his long sleeve baseball, yeah, like ringer shirt. Is that mm-hmm. what that's called? Like, yeah, it's like the baseball style. Like, yeah, with, with uh, the off color sleeves. Yeah, which you know he's worn many times, and I believe I can't pinpoint the episode. It's probably like distinctly from, but I'm sure it's like one of the. It's the I think the costumiest, the costumiest, the, the most signature version of his the S shirt he has. Yes, yes. And it's so good just seeing the three of them sitting there and they're like such character-esque outfits. Very iconic. It's great. Beckoning him for the final level. Are they levels? Are they rounds? I don't trust Archie to know the terminology because he never played the game mm-hmm. while awake. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll let it slide. He's sitting there with them and and Betty's like, Archie, have you been working on any new songs? I'd love to hear them. <laughs> He's like, I haven't played in forever. I'm like, no, no, you haven't, Archie. No. You forgot about your dreams of being a musician and a football player. <laughs> it's been a hard year. He went to prison for months. His dad got shot. <laughs> was almost eaten by a bear you know what he could write some really angsty emo songs it's true he's got a lot of inspiration now yeah i want to hear the song about him being eaten by a bear <laughs> right uh, it'll be like really like you know acoustic guitar love songy but mm-hmm. like the lyrics would be let me tell you about that one time i was almost eaten by a bear It'd be- it tried to rip my heart out It'd be but that's not almost... fair because my heart's for you. <laughs> it would be so grim and literally bloody that it would be like almost a, a pastiche of, uh, of folk songs. Watch my blood drip to the floor. But it would never to touch you. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be like something from the Folksman from A Mighty Wind. Yeah. But it would. But the, the music would sound like I don't know Owl City or something. Yes. <laughs> Uh, he's like, well, I don't want to play with you guys. 
They're like, it's the only way. It's the only way. It's the only way to get back to, to Elderver. And Betty points out to Elderver, to Riverdale. Get it? R- remember? Get it? Remember the, the anagram we pointed out a while ago? <laughs> you got it? Just in case. I, I know you remember it because I am your subconscious. So if I know it, you know it. And I know you only know that because you, you watched Ratatouille recently. And I'm just repeating the thing Gusto said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Archie probably really likes Ratatouille. I really like Ratatouille. I'm not saying it as an indictment of the boy. I'm just saying he likes it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile... Because he thinks rats can talk. He would. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Archie trying to like befriend a rat. In yeah. his room, mm-hmm. leaving it little pieces of cheese, which is why his room smells so bad, because he forgot. Learning to sew so he can make them tiny clothes Ooh! like Cinderella, so they will be his friend. See, this is why Vegas wants him dead. He's <laughs> jealous. He's like, you don't leave me little pieces of cheese. You don't sell me tiny clothes. Fuck you, Archie. Uh, so Hiram finds the Glamourge egg all smashed on his desk. A hundred pieces, which... Is so satisfying to me as someone who would like to destroy ostentatious displays of, of wealth. And then uh, there's a note that says, New Deal. No deal. Oh. I'm like, ooh, burn. On the back, it says, All profit is stolen labor. So Betty uh, has a meeting with ex mayor, now attorney McCoy, and Fred, and Cheryl, and Nana Blossom. And is all like, Okay, like. Maybe you all could take some of the kids in. Uh, Fred is the first to agree. He, he's got some extra room around the house and would like some company. He, he uh, volunteers to take a few of the boys. And Nana Rose steps up saying that, that she's housed plenty of girls that escaped that, that uh, hell pit. Uh, so she agrees to take a few of the girls. And, and Sierra says uh, she'll take some. So I guess she has the co-ed house. I'm like, what's going to happen to the rest? Because there's like a hundred of them. <laughs> they keep ODing on Fizzle Rocks. So just, now there's like five. There's nine. There's okay. In, in, at the Jones trailer, uh, FP has all like, I warned you about working for the lodges. I don't know about working for the lodges. And he's like, well, you worked for them. You trust the drive-in. Then FP's. So he speaks from experience, Jughead. Yes. Come on. Give him some credit. So then he's all like, okay, put me in. I'm tired of being on the sidelines. Put me in. And I'm like, what? How many times are you going to retire? How many times are you going <laughs> to retire? How many times? How many times? <sighs> Skeety boy. Make up your mind. <laughs> I, I'm excited to get more scenes of, of tough guy Skeet, action Skeet, punchy Skeet. I am up for more scenes of Skeet with his little glasses doing tattoo work. Well, obviously. Because <laughs> you know what? That's surprisingly a good look. It's very odd. <laughs> so then uh, Reggie is, is out driving his truck again and he sees the spikes. And I'm like, well, that's good because it seems like you're in the exact place in the exact same forest on the exact same road. Yeah. Fool me once. Uh, shame on shame on you. Fool me. Fool me. Can't get fooled again. That's a direct quote from Reggie Mantle. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets out, gargoyle gang dudes come out, and he's like, oh no, you got me. 
<laughs> and they're all like, we're going to trash the back of your truck. And he's like, oh, I don't know if you want to do that. And then all the serpents jump out. And a bunch of the gargoyle gang take off running. But they catch one. And do they do anything? Not really. They're just like, tell your people we got a message. Veronica's under our protection. The first thing you would do is unmask the masked man, right? Right. right. You would unmask the man. Now, we know your identity. I'm like, come on, you motherfuckers. I you are so bad at being a gang. They, they, they take off the mask and they go, oh, it's the key grip. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's Ben Button in the fourth role. <laughs> uh, so Betty comes home to find the house empty. And we find that Alice called Edgar for advice. And Edgar took everyone to the farm five minutes ago. scooped him just before she could finish her her rehousing project. Yeah. To to replant these saplings. Yes. So uh, back at the cabin. I cannot wait to meet Edgar ever and ever. I wish we did get a scene of him like leaving a little breadcrumbs for these children to follow out in the street. Follow me, children. I have jelly beans. <laughs> jelly beans? You mean the season four drug? Yes. Guess who's dealing that one? I don't know. Who's dealing that one? Jelly bean. Oh. 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 She's running her own drug cartel. Uh, so back at the cabin, mm-hmm. uh, Archie picks his quest card. After rolling his d20, uh, this game also uses, I guess. Apparently, you only use certain stuff sometimes. You roll and then draw a card that tells you what to. Do. what's the roll for. What decision does that make? Uh, why do you sometimes just flip a coin? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, you flip a coin to know which goblet to drink out of. I, I get that. Is that the only time you use the coin? I think sometimes there are also other binary choices like left door, right door that use the coin. You know this type of confusion? Yeah. This is what I have when we try to play an RPG game. You, I have the book. <laughs> you can read the book. All the rules are in it, and they exist and are consistent. I don't understand it. You, you have me, too. You can ask me questions. I want to help. I want to help because I want you to have fun. I love you, and I value you. I did not mean to make this a thing. I know it's a thing, and I'm, I'm really worried that you're not having fun, and I love you. I love you. I just tried to make a joke. I know. It's very it. funny. I love you very much. Hi, Nora. So he gets sent to his room and his transport this time. <laughs> Go to your room, boy. And he sees himself in his bed, and then suddenly he has a bat. And then suddenly Fred's there, and Fred's like, don't do this. And it's like, no, he got me in trouble. It's all his fault. <laughs> we, it's him. We hear Werner Herzog narrating that uh, the, the nature of the, the, the quest for improvement is the quest for self-destruction. That to be a new man is to kill your current self. <laughs> and Fred's like, you could forgive him. You're not the villain you think you are, son. And he's like, there's always another path for home. And he's like, no, if I ever want to go back, I must destroy the the weak, bad, stupid part of me. <laughs> I'm like, are we getting a new rewrite of Archie? I, Is that what's going on here? I suddenly loved this episode <laughs> in a shining moment. Yeah. This scene is so good. It is so good. This scene feels so right to so many, like, interpretations of the show that we have had on our show. Yes. 
I love the the quasi confirmation that Archie is the villain. Mm-hmm. Or just Archie coming to terms directly with his his self hatred, yeah, his his self destructive impulse. Like and... I I said that as a joke, and I put it in my notes, and then he started saying it out of his mouth on mm-hmm. the TV screen. I was very happy. And of course, Fred being there as the voice of like mm-hmm. reason and understanding and compassion. is that it doesn't have to be more destruction. You can you, just let go. You you can you, give yourself a hug, Archie. You earned it. You can acknowledge the fact that you did dumb, stupid, bad things and move on. Mm-hmm. You don't have to literally beat yourself up. But he does. He does. He slams his, his body like st- directly at the camera. We're, we're basically seeing this from sleeping Archie eye view. Mm-hmm. And then when we get the reverse shot, it is not a bludgeoned and bloody Archie. It, it is an empty bed. And Fred is gone. And Fred is no more. And I think it's before he starts beating himself up, he like apologizes to his dad mm-hmm. for letting him down. Oh. <laughs> Could never let Fred down. He loves you too much. <laughs> uh, so then back at the speakeasy, Veronica's now singing because I guess Josie quit. The the letter of her deal was, you know... Figure it out or you'll have to find someone else. Well, she figured it out. Uh, maybe she doesn't consider the the serpents to be enough. They they had a great first day. Maybe news of that will eventually reach her. Well, Veronica sings. She is also singing maybe this time. But... we ran out of songs. A different part of it, so it's not immediately obvious. Like, unless you're familiar with Cabaret or the first season of Glee, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so then Reggie walks in, and they make some eyes at each other. And then they put some tongues in mouths. Uh-huh. And the hands are going places. Uh, so then uh, out in the... Forest, uh, Jughead and FP and Sweet Pete meet Fangs, and they're like, we're giving you a chance. We want you to go undercover with the Gargoyle gang so we can take them down. And he's like, hell yes, I would be honored. I am in. Then Betty gets a call from McCoy, who's all like, the sisters are gone because an anonymous donor posted their bail and took them out, and now they're all gone. And they they left a note that says, we go to join thee. And Betty's like, oh shit, let me get to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy place. She makes a beeline for the the convent and then for the the Gargoyle King chamber. The the decapitated stone head has been replaced with with a big old like steer skull, Mm -hmm. which is very creepy, very good. And it is surrounded by the dead bodies of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy with their bright blue lips. A yes. mass suicide. Uh, and so then back in the cabin, four strangers rush in and and they're trying to like shake Archie awake. But mm-hmm. his eyes are just open, staring at the ceiling. And As he's completely non-responsive. He's maybe dead? He might be dead. Well, has, I don't know. Has Vegas eaten one of his feet yet? Or... <laughs> that's how we'd know. That's how you'd know. If he did, we definitely know he's dead. Yeah. The but, end. But through all those scenes, uh, Veronica's rendition oh, yes. of maybe this time from from a different key signature is, is still going on and underscoring all of them. And it's 
it's one of their better uses of music. Yes. I th- uh, they had some good uses of music during this. There there are scenes when it, it uh, is very, like, appropriately in line, and there are scenes where it's, like, thematically discordant and ironic in its backing, and, and they meld between them very well. I really like the ending of this episode. This was honestly some of the best use of when they've had people singing mm-hmm. over scenes it's the best this is the best they've ever done it is a unique it, like, arrangement of the song I, I wonder if veronica's version was like made for the show or that's just some other singer's cover that that yeah, they then use because it is not the same arrangement no. from the show or film or josie's performance earlier in the episode the last 15 minutes of this episode was good. <laughs> it really, really was. The first 45 minutes were not. I mean, even the middle bit was okay, but it started with just shooting itself in the foot so hard so many times. And then it, it took so long. There are no feet left. It has no yeah. feet to stand on. Well, and then it took so long to, like, let go of that mm-hmm. as a viewer. It's all aftermath and no action. Yeah. Yeah. We just skipped everything and just talked about it. In the past tense, in summary. Like, it's one thing if the drama is the talking about it, but it's more like, remember that thing that we have to talk about to get to the next thing? Why didn't we just do that thing? That thing sounds really interesting. I would have, I mean, I still would have been annoyed, but I would have been more okay if that, like, they would have even done it as, like, a the quarantine's over, and then flashbacks. Oh, yeah, that would have been That would have been fine. Because you know what? I want to see shit. I want to see things happen. Do you like another three stories of, um, you know, the beginning of the quarantine? Cheryl and Tony actually Robin Hooding to help uh, the the serpents and people in need and then just being bitten by the burglary bug. That's a story. Yeah. Like, show me Show me what the fuck Hiram was doing that whole time. Why, Why this makes sense. Why it mattered. Yeah. Like, I would have left, like, even if they wanted to move ahead with, like, story stuff now, and it was all flashbacks, like, showing me the flashbacks of why things are happening. Why are we going over counting lines for this? Why is this for this? Like, show me the scenes that built up to, like, what happened. Mm -hmm. Also, I don't understand how much passage of time has happened. How nice would a little scene have been, like, they've been slowly building flirtatious looks between uh, Veronica and Reggie for a while. Mm -hmm. I I like this. I like that Archie's eventually going to come back to that, and I'm kind of looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. But how nice would it have been if one of the steps along the way to this big, big uh, climactic smooch was Reggie convincing Veronica, you know what would really help this place? Actual fucking alcohol. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and and it could be like both developing the business and their relationship hand in hand and, and it, it would have been nice. Yeah. And like the the end pacing, those last 15 minutes, it's when like we're we've gotten through explaining what happened that things can actually just happen. Why do we waste so much time mm-hmm. telling people what happened when you could just show us what happened? Another great thing that could have happened in the missing time was a a scene more about Betty's internal feelings at being a mother hen. Like for all the jokes that there there is a a large number of people that are suddenly incredibly dependent on her. That's new. Yeah. And it's a lot. 
Yeah. Well, and, and like, they could have done so we much. We pick up with her when she's pretty much in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's so much they could have done to turn all those kids mm-hmm. into actual characters. Two of them have names now. Yeah, but like right now they all seem like weird bubble children. Yes. Which, yeah, they're traumatized and whatnot from the place. But like, let me hear some of their backstories. Let me hear about why they're there, their families, what's going on. The thing is, is like, can they really all not return to their lives? Because mm-hmm. some of our experiences with kids going there is like the parents didn't actually know what the hell was going on. <laughs> So maybe some of them could return home. Like, let's talk about why. Maybe that's why there are so few relatively now. But they're not saying that. Yeah, that couldn't be part of the exposition dump or or a a moment where Betty talks about how she's how she feels inequipped because is she that much better? Like she just got out too. Mm -hmm. And like she had her own moments of brainwashing, of succumbing, of being all hopped up on fizzle rocks. Yeah. Well, and it also pisses me off that she's, like, just suddenly back with her mom and, like, they're fine. They're fine-ish. They're about as fine as they were a few well, weeks yeah, ago. yeah, but yeah. I'm like, your mother sent you away. Yeah. She imprisoned you. <laughs> there should be a yelling match about this. Well, it happened, but we skipped that. <sighs> we're, we're harping on this a lot. Mm-hmm. Clearly. But I think it is important to say, to get on the record... Because I think this show is great. I think this show is brilliant. Not just when it when it's being bizarre, when it when it's going completely out of left field and making you just scream, "What the fuck are you even doing?" It's when it, it does those things and then follows through. When things have consequences. Mm-hmm. When when you get to see aftermath play out, and and when it focuses on the the internal and interpersonal lives yeah. of these characters, we very much enjoy. Yeah. Lately, we've been skipping that. And yeah, yeah, stuff like the business this episode pulled is the opposite of that. It just completely skips over that and like, oh, well, that happened and it was really cool. But we have more new cool stuff. Let's get to that. And we have to just sort of paper over the in-between. I want the in-between. Yeah. Please give me the in-between. We don't need to check off the next biggest accomplishment. We want to know about what it takes to get to that accomplishment. Like, yeah. okay, you have 12 ideas, but let's take our time. Was it was it just a budget thing? Was it... Because I really don't care. I love how pretty the show is, but if the story's good enough, I honestly don't care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove a point. I'm going to watch The Caves of Androzani tomorrow, and that looks kind of cheap as hell. Actually, no, they, they did really good on that one. The lava monster looks fucking cheap as hell, but the rest of it is pretty darn good, actually. <laughs> it's like, they're working with... The same sets. Yeah. They're just doing some slight just, redressing, just probably. Just light them differently. Like, it and, doesn't and take the, that much. Put the, the cameras at different angles to, to get the unease. I just don't understand. And I think because there's been a bit of this, I'm just like, I'm just frustrated. Mm-hmm. Because it's just continuing. And I was really okay coming back from break. Like, you expect usually coming back from a break for things to really hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. And apparently we were really just running away. Yeah, yeah. When you come back from a break, you expect them to reestablish a status quo. Yeah. But when you're coming back from that massive uh, uh, cliffhanger, it's such a cheat for it to be the previous status quo. (laughs) This could have just been chapter 43 instead, and it would have been all the better for it. Yeah. 
replace all the the opening exposition and retconning with the uh, uh with the Griffin Queen plot, and and there you go. Mm-hmm. We've been harping on that a lot. We have. So let's move on to something else. Do you want to do predictions? I guess. What's the point? Cheryl and Tony are are the only gang members, well, former gang members, interested in doing crime. So they will be burglars for hire, ready to, oh. to rob whatever from whomever. And they will eventually be contracted to get some very sensitive stuff out of the Pembroke oh. and, and figure out what Hiram's actual plan is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Betty will become an accidental cult leader. <laughs> Just like how the only way she could come up with to to free the ducklings from the fear of the, the gargoyle king was to become the griffin queen. She she will liberate them from a cult by uh, uh, sort of appropriating cultish techniques and cultish language, probably still in the guise of the griffin queen. Yeah. But but she she will get her flock back and uh I guess the the recurring motif of Dark Betty will will be replaced by in over her head, not thinking through long term consequences, Betty. Doing the best she can, Betty. Yeah. <laughs> she she will become that which she fears and hates in this other way. Cheryl and Tony are gonna start their own gang. Yeah. Yes. They'll be the thistle thir- serpents. The thistle serpents? Yes. How about the ro- serpents of thistle? The Rose Warriors. Or something. While, while we're talking Mad Max. Yeah. Mad Max puns. Their mascot will be a, a flaming wheelchair. <laughs> with That with sounds tragic. Thorns of roses coming at them. <laughs> Their mascot will just be Nana. They, they bring her out on a leash Bernie once in a while. Nana. For special occasions. Archie is going to be in a coma. Oh, okay. I think he's going to be in a coma from some blood loss and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was very unresponsive. Yes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But no one's going to know because no one knows his actual identity in Canada. <laughs> they won't know where to send him. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so he's just going to be sitting in a coma for a while. What's What's Canadian for John Doe? <laughs> Probably John Doe. Uh, oh, but you also have to write it in French. <laughs> Okay, okay, so he's in a coma. He's in a coma. And and they don't know who he is. Right. And they're like, oh, this poor boy. Vegas does his ho- homeward bound <laughs> to drag Fred. Like, bark, bark, bark. What's that, boy? Billy needs help in Canada. Archie fell down the well again? The well is only four inches wide, Vegas. Ooh, ooh. He and, really loves that well. And Vegas brings, like, Archie's toe to Fred. That's how Fred knows that Archie's in trouble. He just, like, drops his toe. Like, I'd recognize my son's toe anywhere. <laughs> Look, there are a lot of people on the internet who are experts in identifying people by their toes. Yep. Um, <laughs> and they're American heroes. Or, you know, they, they just put a picture in the newspaper and then, like, eventually Fred's like, oh, my God, my boy. <laughs> I think when, when Archie wakes up, whether it's immediately or after a, a period of, of comatosity, mm-hmm. he will basically be the Terminator. He'll have this flat affect. He will directly pursue his goals without any concern for collateral damage, mm-hmm. emotional or otherwise. Yeah. He will get a record contract without smiling somehow. 
I think next time we're going to only sing songs from Chicago. (laughs) The city or the band or the play? The musical. Okay. Because we have to figure out some other way to annoy me. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't like the musical Chicago. (laughs) So yeah, what if it's like an incredible episode, like one of your top five, the top ever, except that they, they do like Mr. Cellophane and, and... Uh, so tango is, is I like the music from Chicago. I just fucking hate the story, <laughs> and I hate the movie. It's so bad. Sierra McCoy is gonna give him the old razzle dazzle. I'd be okay with that actually. <laughs> so what I'm getting is you actually like Chicago. No, because <laughs> I never ever want to watch it. I don't want to see a live production. I don't want to see the movie. Uh, okay, here's my real prediction. Mm-hmm. They'll do something completely different and then just tell us why the, the things that they seeded didn't happen on screen. Are we going to find out Archie wasn't actually eaten by a bear and just like <laughs> spilled some jam on his chest? <laughs> really overreacted. And had some heartburn at the same time and didn't know what was happening? <laughs> <laughs> I hear that happens sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> there there are people who get their first case of heartburn in adulthood and they don't realize what it is and they think they're dying. I thought I was having a heart attack or something. I didn't know. At the age of what, 26? I had never had heartburn. I didn't know that's what it was. And then you know what? I was like, hmm, maybe it's not death. Maybe I should go see what pills I can take. I'll just take them all. And luckily I took some Tums. That and Jingle Jangle. Now in handy pill form. Yeah. Well, instead, let's talk about the few things we know are going to happen next week. Uh, Chapter 45 is titled The Stranger. Uh, Just in the last couple days, they they did a big announcement of a bunch of, of episode titles all in a row. They betrayed us. Some of them, if they're movies, they're not movies I've heard of. There's an episode called 50 coming up, and I don't think that's a movie. Uh, There's a movie 50-50. That's all I know. (laughs) I don't think it's based on 50 first dates, folks. (laughs) There's certainly no movie named Chapter 47 Bizarro Dale. I can tell you that much. Oh, goodness. But in the meantime, we are talking about Chapter 45, The Stranger, or we will be. Uh, the Stranger is a 1946 film noir, is written, directed, and starring Orson Welles, Welles' first noir. Uh, in it, he plays a, a Nazi who's living in Connecticut under an assumed identity and gets tracked down by, by a detective slash Nazi hunter. Okay, so who's the Nazi in Riverdale? Well, according to our uh, guest appearance on the one-shot Twitch stream where we played Running Around Riverdale, we know that Ethel Muggs is a white supremacist that tried to bomb Pop's uh, chocolate shop. Yep, we do. So in in our show's continuity, that's canon. I don't know if it's true in Riverdale itself. That's a good question. (laughs) That's some deep lore for the committed listeners out there. If you don't know what we're talking about, you should find it. It, I think... It's still archived on their Twitch page, I'm sure. Yeah. One of the more interesting things about The Stranger, the film, is that it was the first thing in U.S. theaters to show, to, to include documentary footage of the Holocaust. In what year again? You 1946. Said? Dang! So, fresh memories. 
They did not waste any time in making a Nazi movie. I mean, the the idea of a Nazi living a, a second life in Connecticut, uh, really plausible back when anyone of any age could be a Nazi. Yeah. Look, just just know that any Holocaust deniers out there are also Orson Welles deniers. And it doesn't make any sense. That dude clearly existed. He played Falstaff brilliantly. Mm-hmm. So what we know. In that trailer. The, seems like Betty's going to go see her dad. Seems like it. Uh, uh, Fred threatens to kill Hiram. And Hiram gets shot. Are those connected? I don't know, because Hermione also goes to FP and is like, it's time. Is that connected? Oh. I don't know. Maybe FP's just having sex with all the moms of Riverdale. I don't know. Good for you, FP. <laughs> uh, Veronica cries. Who knows why? Because her dad got shot? Because she's not the one who did it? Because she's the one that is? I don't know. Because we found out Archie's in a coma because Vegas brought us a toe? I don't know. Vegas brought all of Archie. <laughs> yeah. Ve- Vegas dragged well, Archie's <laughs> unconscious body all the way from Canada. There, there are two National Canadian Parks rangers just chasing this dog. I, hey, 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 drop it. Drop that. Drop it. No, Moki, you're fine. We're not talking you're, about you. Go, go back to what you're doing. You're not even carrying anything to drop, Moki. I'm not talking to you. That's what we know. That's what we know. That's our episode. Thank you very much for joining us. Sorry about not managing to get a bonus episode like we said we might over the break. But we were hard at work with a lot of things. Uh, one of which uh, that, that, that took time away was finishing Glenbrook. Uh, you may remember that Glenbrook is the uh, uh, teen drama playset that I'm contributing to the upcoming final bid uh, uh, RPG book that is now on schedule for a March release. Now that uh, all the text is finally coming together, leaving time for layout and print proofs and all that business you don't need to worry about. Just know that it's really, really cool and I'm really, really proud of it. And um, without taking a lot of extra evenings that I could have used making you watch some Archie stuff and talk about it, it wouldn't be done, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so thank you very much for understanding. But since we've got you back, since there's been such a long break, it, it's easier than ever to catch up. Mm-hmm. So why not help us get found by people who are doing just that? Yeah, you can leave us a rating and review. Give us some stars on iTunes, any number of stars that your heart says is the right number. Like five. It's really easy to divide by five. It's all good round numbers. I like it personally. They do rate it by five, right? Yeah. Okay. It's not out of ten. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can also tell a friend. Tell those friends. You can also keep in touch with us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. If there's no underscore, I don't know what you'll find. Be careful when you Google. <laughs> so with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. They imprinted on me. Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. Me rocking you, break it down with your sugar. Oh, honey, honey, you are my candy girl, and you got me rocking you, break it down, come on, and you got me. And-